If you've been with us, we have been, uh, over the course of this summer, Matt especially has been walking us through this section of the a book, a collection, a songbook of, of songs that the ancient Israelites used to sing as they were uh, on their way to a festival. Uh, you, I'm, you know, I picture them on their way to get their, you know, fried Oreos and their uh, Twinkies at these national gatherings, which were worship services, right? That these were a chance for all of Israel to come together in, in Jerusalem and to remember their God, but also uh, to experience the, the festive joy of God. But these songs, songs that, that the uh, tradition tells us they would sing together as they journeyed, as they ascended up to the city of Jerusalem, Songs that we've read of, of songs of dissatisfaction, songs of protection, songs of worship. We've done a whole series of them. I don't remember all their titles, but we've done them, okay? And today we come to uh, an interesting one, one, uh, a song about rescue. And what's interesting to this, uh, for me, is singing songs about rescue on the rainy days, on the dark days, uh, singing songs about rescue on uh, the hard days of life makes a lot of sense, but this is not a song that was written for a rainy day. This is a song that was written for a sunny day. They're on their way to the festival. They're on the way to the, the, the national holiday, right? They're on their way to the cookout, and yet the song leader, David, when he wrote the psalm, and, and the song leader, when he chose to strike up this particular song, he did it on a sunny day when there was no disaster that was passed, when there was not a, a, a crisis at hand. And if you're here this morning, and uh, some of you are, are not believers, right? And so uh, one of the things as you come into church is you hear Christians talk about rescue. You hear Christians talk about how we, we uh, need to be saved. We, we, we speak in, at times, some very uh, almost melodramatic language. And this passage seems to do the same, right? He's talking about a monster swallowing us alive, or, or he talks about a flood that is, is threatening to wash people away. And you look around and you go, the sun's shining. It's a, it's a festival. It's a party. Why must you be so weird? I remember when I was in college um, and was right in the thick of weird Christian things, um, I was home for a, at my home church over some sort of break. I guess it was probably fall break or something like that. And so I went to this college group that met at my church, which uh, while that had been my home church, and I was filled with all the students that went to the various universities that are there in town. And so I didn't know any of them. And I kind of crept into the door and realized I, I don't know any of these people. And I awkwardly tucked myself into the back corner. And then I, I'd been there just for a couple minutes, and I was like, I think I'm going to go escape to the bathroom, right? Because I'm feeling a little nervous uh, in this space. And so I go to the bathroom. That's not the interesting part of the story. Um, what's interesting, though, is, is as I came out of the stall, uh, uh, there was this dude, this dude who I didn't know, had never met before, and he uh, just stares deep into my eyes, stares into my soul. 
I don't know what happens in women's restrooms, but this is definitely uh, against male restroom protocol, right? You do not make eye contact with someone else in the bathroom. And he looked at me and he said, um, God told me that you needed help. And I was like, I, uh, I just need to wash my hands. You know? He's like, no, the Spirit's impressing upon me that you need somebody to, to intercede on your behalf. And I looked at him, I was like, I, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I, I got it. Like, are you, are, you, are you trying to, like, evangelize to me? Like, I'm already a Christian. I'm going to Bible college. I'm good, okay? I don't need your awkward help. So awkward. But you, 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 you get this sense of this dramatic tone in his voice. Like my life was on crisis, and, and in fact, in that moment, my life felt pretty good, right? There was this girl who was leading worship that um, <clears throat> we were kind of a thing at the time, right? I was coming home. I was, it was in a place with, with people I knew. I was doing just fine, and yet this guy kept imposing upon me this narrative that you need help. Your life is not okay I must be the one to help you. And I imagine that on a sunny day on the way to, to the carnival, that a song about rescue might feel a little off to us too. It might feel a little bit strange to us because our lives seem to be okay. But in fact, it is precisely because we think our lives are okay when the sun is shining that we need this song. We need this song to help us to understand our past, and we need this song to help us to understand our future. Because we know you've lived life in the world, right? You know that the world is not always a sunny day. It is not always a holiday. It is not always a day in which it is uh, easy to believe in a God. And so this psalm introduces to a crowd of people on a beautiful day the, the, the remembrance of their past. And specifically, it asks them to remember these moments when their collective national history, when their collective national experience has been very dark indeed. And the songwriter and the song leader wants the people to experience, to re-enter into that hard history. You can hear it as he starts off. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us. Now there's no shortage of events in Israel's history which he could have been referring, but what is uniformly true is that he is speaking about a situation, not a hypothetical, not a, a a spiritualized notion, but a, a time and at a place when the people of God were on brink's end, edge. And he wants them to remember that moment because he wants them to remember the emotions. He wants them to remember the, the, the feelings of their lives at that point. Last week, uh, you know, we have three uh, children, who, and our youngest is five, and we just finally kicked the training wheels last summer. And we just moved into the, this neighborhood, and it's, it's this beautiful area. We're, we're starting to have fun going on bike rides um, for the first time. And so the, the 
because going on bike rides with a kid on training wheels is not fun, okay? That's, that's like start, stop. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this story. What the story has to do with is it was, you know, the beginning of summer. We live in a neighborhood where we could ride our bikes and we could make our way to the ice cream uh, stand. And, and on a beautiful summer night, it seemed like there was not a care in the world, right? All three kids are just cruising down the street. But what beautiful Sunday nights on the way to the ice cream shop tend to do is they tend to make you forget that there is danger in your midst. You tend to to assume that everything is right in the world, that you have no need of help. And we had a great night. We rode to the ice cream shop. We got got our Baskin Robbins. We came back. And in fact, it was going so well, we decided, why don't we just go around the loop, uh, go around the block the long way, and we'll go up. Uh, off of Central Avenue, right over here. And we'll go stop by and see if some friends are, are outside at their house. And so we ride our bikes uh, right up to, to Central Avenue, and, and my oldest, she diligently slows down and, and stops before we get to the intersection. My middle, uh, a, a little less diligently, but he stops before we get to the intersection. And then my littlest, my five-year-old Levi, He just plows right on through, over the curb, into the the lane of what could have been traffic there at the stoplight. And you can imagine the the terror that comes upon you, right? I quickly, you know, I was right behind him. I jumped off my bike, grabbed him and his bike all in one weird, awkward lump, right? And And I quickly moved him back onto the sidewalk. He'd only gone two feet past his stopping point, but the terror was so visceral. That whole night, all night long, Whitney and I sat there going, what if? What if there had been a car preparing to turn right? What if I had not been right behind him? Would he have known to to find his way to safety? What if? Because in that moment of danger, in that moment of crisis, something that was previously invisible to us on a sunny day became very visible to us on that, uh, when the storm clouds began to come in, right? He was in danger. Life was not okay in the way that we thought it was okay. He had been in danger all the way, that whole ride he had been in danger. All of our kids had been in danger. We had been in danger. We don't live in a safe world, but it was the experience of that trauma, it was the experience of that fear that alerted to us that there was more in the world than we reckoned on the front end. David, as he writes this psalm for the people of God in the midst of their sunny, beautiful day, he knew that they would be prone to forget the reality of the world, that they would be prone to forget that their world was not okay. That they would be prone to forget that they are a people who need to have a rescuer. And so he elicits this song, this story that that, that tells of times of great trial. You could hear it, right? He talks about a monster, right? Uh, Any any poem, that song that has a monster in it is not necessarily a friendly one, right? He he talks about a flood that is is washing away their people, and he's inviting them into the, the story, whether it's their lived experience or whether it's the story of their ancestors, right? I picture as they read of the uh, of the flood that w- threatens to wash away their people. I imagine them picturing their forefathers on, on the 
the bank of the Red Sea as they fled from slavery. And on one side, they have a a, a wild body of water. And on the other side, they have a, a wave of Pharaoh's army coming to crush them. They lived in a moment of distress. And David wants the, the, the singers of this song, even on a beautiful sunny day, to feel the pressure, to feel the danger of that. Because when they do, once they re-enter that danger, once they come to the conclusion that they are not okay on themselves, then they will not just have re-entered their past, but they will rediscover their rescuer. They will rediscover their rescuer. Simply by singing this song together, they will remember a reality about the world that was hidden for them when they thought the world was fine and, and happy and sunny. It is that our relationship with God is not uh, based upon our safety. Our relationship with God is not just true in moments of distress. That God is, always has been, and always will be our rescuer. And so he argues the case to him, right? You can, you can hear his, his words. If it had not been the Lord who is on our side, and I can prove to you that it was the Lord who is our rescuer, because these things don't happen by accident, right? If, if, if the world is okay because we, I am powerful and strong, then explain to me how uh, uh, the nation of Israel escaped from the monster who was this giant Goliath who threatened with one swing of his sword to bring an entire nation into bondage. If we're okay because of our ability to to outwit our opponents, explain to me how Moses came up with this idea of of parting the Red Sea. If we're okay because we uh, are the most winsome or or the most popular of the people, then explain to me how we have escaped those uh, who have sought treachery and, and, and tried to capture me and capture our people in a trap. You can't. You can't. You can't explain these things away. And so by taking the people of God and reintroducing them to this moment of crisis, he's reintroducing them to the God who rescues his people. He's reintroducing them to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I bring this up this morning because we're a group of people who uh, are gathering on a beautiful sunny day at the front end of, of a summer where we were once again reuniting with, with many people that we've not seen without masks on for a long time. We're on the front end of, of a, uh, in a neighborhood that experiences a lot of prosperity, in a neighborhood that experiences uh, a, a lot of festival joy, Right? And yet there is this fear, the fear that if, if we are not aware, if we're not singing songs like this, that we will forget who our rescuer is, that we will forget that the reality of our life is not that things are good and well, but the reality of our life is that we are a people in need of saving. And if you're not acutely aware of your need of God, then other things will, will, will slip into your conscious without you even being aware. If you're not acutely aware that, that God is the one who maintains your place in life, you will find something else, 
right? It'll be uh, the approval of others. It'll be the, the, your ability to, to fulfill your desires. It'll be this concept that you are a, a free person. Those are the things that you'll begin to, to think, the reason that my life is okay is because there are people who are with me. There are people who think like me. There are people who do things like I do them, and we're together fighting off those bad people. Right, And so in, if the sun is shining and we don't think we need to call on God, then we will uh, reassure our hearts very subtly that we are okay because we are a part of the, the, the Fox News crowd. We're a part of the people who get the way the world really works. Or we'll calm our hearts down because we're a part of the, the MSNBC crowd, the people who, who view the world the way it really is. Right, and when we have to fight with the Fox News people, then they'll be on our side. They'll organize the world the way it ought to be. We will progress or we will conserve the way the world ought to be. And you will go through your days thinking that you are safe because you are included in a group of people who think like you or act like you. And you will forget if you don't sing this song You'll forget that you are okay because you have a God who rescues you. So we need this song because it helps us understand our past, but we especially need the song because it helps us to understand our future. It helps us to understand our future. The, the, the song leader, as he chose this song, he was not choosing this song because he wanted everyone to, to reminisce on times gone by. He isn't even necessarily writing this song because he, he wants us uh, to, to give thanksgiving to God, though that is a clear implication. He's writing this song because he wants them to remember that what was true in the past tense is true in the present tense. Look at verse 8. Of the whole psalm, he's been speaking to us in the past tense. If it had not been the Lord who is on our side, right, the flood would have swept us away. He has not given us his prey to their teeth, but in the last verse, he switches tense. He doesn't, he doesn't continue his, his thought of saying our help was in the name of the Lord. He says our help is in the name of the Lord. Because he's not just interested in you reading your history rightly. He's interested in you living that out into the future. That your help, your help is as a person who needs to be rescued. And so as we go to understand our future, there's, this is where the, the tension and the conflict lies within our hearts. Because there are other stories that are a lot easier to tell ourselves. Namely, it's a lot easier to tell yourself that you are not a person who needs to be rescued. The reason that I said just a few minutes ago that that was your default pattern of life is because it's the default pattern of our world. As I look at this text and I think about what dangers befall the people of God in our day and age, it is this uh, deceitful notion of morality. A morality which is very interesting in our, in our world right now happens from people who are, are, are churched folks, and it happens with people who uh, are not church. Mora I'm sorry, I'm saying morality, moralism. Morality is, is, you know, following along with the way things ought to be. Moralism is thinking that doing the right thing makes you okay. 
Moralism tells you that if you are a good person, then good things will come your way. If, if you are a good person, then you will be accepted amongst the crowd of the good people. And it doesn't matter whether uh, there, there are obviously people like that who, who believe that way about God. And, and they, we could call them theistic moralism, right? They, they believe that God said it, thus it is so. But there's also a humanist moralism. A moralism that says you must do these things because uh, it is the, the, the way that humanity will flourish. Let me give you an example. Neighbors, I have no idea whose houses these are, by the way. Neighbors that live uh, a couple blocks down here on, on Cowden, there was a, a stage uh, a couple months uh, ago. They, they had competing yard signs. Okay, I don't know if you've ever noticed this passive-aggressive war that happens sometimes with people's yard signs. Like, you know, one person puts up their uh, GSL sign, and then we have to put up our Idlewild Elementary sign next to it to show we're better. These people set up signs, though, that were very different. Maybe the, one of them is, is a sign that you've seen before if you've been around Midtown at the very least. And it's a, a sign that says, in this house, we believe... And then it lists a series of, of, of items, right? They're, they're all a little bit different. But in this house, we believe science is real. Love is love. Uh, in this house, we believe black lives matter. Whatever you think of any of those statements, the, the, the clear implication is, right, is I'm an okay person. I'm a good person because I follow these tenets, because I believe the right things, because I do the right things in the world, not like you bigots over there. And right next to them was a house that had a yard sign out, and it said, the Ten Commandments, number one, right? And it listed through the, the Ten Commandments, this ancient Israelite law that says, do not murder, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. And the implication of their sign is, is if you all thought like we did, if you did the things that we do, then this world would be okay. Two moralisms. Two moralisms that are, 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 are attractive to us because they lie to us on a beautiful sunny day that you are doing okay. That the world is as it ought to be because you are part of the good people. But what about if our core identity, what about if our core identity is not that, that we are the moral people or not that we are the good people? What about if the core identity of the Christian faith is that we are a people who need to be rescued? What if the core element of the faith is not that, that we are, uh, the, that we love on people who some segments of the world are, are unlovable or because we follow the rules better than anybody else. Both of those are good things. Both of those have elements that, that, that are similar to Christianity, but they cannot possibly be Christianity because they've cut out the rescuer. And we are a people whose help is in the name of the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so the song leader wants us to consider. He wants us to choose for our future. Are we going to be the kind of people who avoid feeling like we need to be rescued? Or are we going to be the kind of people who count on the Lord 
the Lord God to be our rescuer. He asks us to sing along with him. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then disaster would have befallen us. Too often you and I think, if it had not been, uh, if, it, if it had not been the, the, the Republicans who are on our side, or if it had not been the Democrats who are on our side, or, or if it had not been the, uh, the, the infusion of wealth that was on our side, or if it had not been the, um, my moral superiority, superiority, if I hadn't made such good decisions, if I hadn't made such good friends, then I would be ruined. And we supplant the song that God gave us for a song of our own doing. But the psalmist invites us to consider. He invites us to ask ourselves, do those things in the world bring us freedom? Do those things in the world bring us progress? Do those things in the world bring us safety? No. No, the, very, uh, the, the, the way the question is asked is, if I had trusted in any one of those things, it would be over for us. And as we sing this song in 2021, what it invites us is, is not to think of ourselves as being somehow different from them, but to consider the claim is what I'm trusting in. Is it what I'm hoping in? <clears throat> Will it give me what I want? Or is it just the God who can rescue? It is his claim, the God who made heaven and earth. What else? If the God made heaven and earth, what else in heaven and earth are you going to find that's going to fulfill you? There is no thing apart from a rescuer. Now, I will always maintain that that dude who accosted me in the bathroom in 2004 was way out of his line, right? And I have, I have skepticism about his spiritual experience that told him I needed help. But what interests me in that inter interaction now as I look back on it is my offense. My offense that somebody would come in without knowing me and suggest that I needed help. And particularly, I needed his help. Why did I respond with such offense? Why was it so hard to imagine that the world was that I needed him to pray for me? Why was that such a foreign idea? Why was that so estranged in my thinking? I think it was because the sunny day that I was living in in that moment had told me that I was okay without a rescuer. That I was all right without uh, somebody to pray for. What I needed was this song, a song that reminds me that there is no hope apart from rescue, a song that reminds us that there is no life apart from God's grace. Let us sing this song together. Pray with me. Father, we long to be people who are, are, are known as people who don't have answers but know the one who has answers. To be people who are not known to be strong, but to be people who are known as people who know the one who is strong. 
God, that you would be people who look to you as our rescuer on days when the sun is shining and on days when the storm clouds gather because that is the essence of our faith. We have no relationship with you apart from that. Remind us of your truth, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.